Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's gonna throw! Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They his buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun, play fake, step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Thursday to you, July 20th, 2023. This is Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Hope you're having a great start to your morning. Nick Roush, not yet here. I don't imagine we'll have to wait too terribly long. Again, as we said yesterday, we wanted old Roushy boy to... To have fun at SEC Media Days in Nashville. And we didn't want him to sacrifice a good time in the evening for having to, to get up early. So we wouldn't want him to be in a situation, Justin Kalen, where he'd have to say, you know what, fellas, I need to probably go home. I've got radio in five hours. I've got radio in four hours. We didn't want to put him in a position like that. So we said, you know what, if it means you need to sleep in a little bit, you you have fun. You get out. You get you get out there, and you get after it. More importantly, and I think he he did. I think he's gotten after it every single night, Justin Kalen. Oh, so we just didn't want him to be responsible. That's what it was. On another side note, we're telling him to to be responsible. This is his first big meeting with the the national bosses, with all the big guys. True. So we don't. Again, yeah. God forbid he he is responsible to. His radio obligations, right? That's right. And I'm, 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 we're okay with it. We, can, oh, yeah. we can carry the, the the first segment of a show just fine. Uh, we we also could get to the Thornton's text line too. If worst case scenario, we're still behind. We, Way behind. Today, today is the day I think we make it up. Excited to do such. Hope. Uh, how was your Wednesday, Scoots? It was uh, good. What, what did you get into? Let's hear about it. I uh, so I said yesterday that it was my Friday, so I was had to go to work, but I got a text from my boss. I, I hit him up. He wasn't sure if he wanted me on Wednesday or Thursday, and we decided that Wednesday was the best day. So I hit him up early in the morning, and I was like, "Hey, just making sure today's still the best day that that I could come in." And I, he was like, "Yeah, it's all good." And then he texted me at like probably twelve fifteen, twelve thirty, and he was like, "Hey." I know it's probably a little late for this call, but the housekeepers are flying. They've only got 12 rooms left, so tomorrow would probably actually be better. And I was like, all right, sweet. So I didn't have to go to work, 
but I had my work clothes on, which also doubles down as golf clothes. So I went and hit the links yesterday, which was a lot of fun. It was the course I went to was the one that had the gate closed um, the other day when I tried to play that let me book that reservation online. And now I can see why, because they still had a ton of water on the course. It was pretty wet. It wasn't car path only, though. It was 90 degrees, so I could at least drive out to the fairways. But, yeah, I had a, had a really good time. Shot a 92. Felt like I played pretty well, but had those three blow-up holes. If I could have just freaking avoid those blow-up holes, I'd be such a better golfer. Those were get you. The, they those will. Those are the difference. Speaking of which, we didn't get into it at all this week, but the, the Open Championship is on, Scoots. It's on right now, yeah. Any of the Open Championship. You got it, you, you got it tuned in? I uh, do not, but I actually forgot it was on, so let me uh, tune it in now. It's a good good call there, buddy. So let's see. You, you've, you've got your Rory McIlroy bet, I'm sure. You've got your Scheffler bet, yep. I would imagine. And then are you on Rom still? Yeah, I did not pull the trigger on Rory. I just – he – it could be egg on my face at the end of the week. I just – the dude hasn't won any tournaments, and now everybody's expecting him to win back-to-back. I just don't see it. So I stayed away from Rory. I'm only on Scheffler and Rom this week. Did you bet Rory last week is the $180 question. I did not because wow. Well, when I was playing or when I was betting, I was I only saw Scotty Scheffler for last week. Rory wasn't on there. So I, I I don't know what happened, but I didn't even know Rory was in that tournament last week or I would have bet on him. So, yeah, a little bit of egg on my face there, but yeah, I wouldn't have bet him this week either way cuz I just, I just don't see a world where that guy wins two tournaments in a row. He has not been playing well. Yeah, but that's his part of the country. That's That is. It, yeah, that's you're his right. style of golf. You're right. I mean, I, it, like I said, it could be egg on my face. I could I could see him winning, but it's going to be a good tournament. There's a lot of guys that could be in contention come Sunday. I do. There, there is a, there is something that makes me kind of smile. Although I definitely shouldn't. I, I want you to win money, Scooch. But you, you bet these golfers every time, and then one of them wins a tournament, and you hadn't, and you didn't, you didn't bet them. Yeah, that's a bummer. Stupid. So stupid. No, it, it, it's it, you know what's stupid is the fact that you couldn't even watch the finale of the Scottish Open. You couldn't. Not live. It was real dumb. I, I have no idea why. Maybe they have some rights or something with broadcasting that some channel over there gets to be the only ones that show it live or whatever. But yeah, Sunday morning, you wake up. That As cool as like primetime golf is when it's out on the West Coast and you're in bed on a Sunday night watching the final few shots, I do enjoy waking up, especially when you get up early, I do enjoy waking up and being able to watch across the pond, something that's happening five or six hours ahead of us. And uh, so Sunday morning, wake up, check my phone. Ooh, we got an exciting finish. Rory's in contention here. It, it's I, I need to check it out. I think there was like six holes left or whatever it was. Nope, not on TV anywhere. It's like, okay, well, I'll check some of the streaming options. It was on Peacock up to a certain point, but it had turned off by that point that I'd flipped it over. Uh, and then ESPN Plus had feature groups. So I was like, okay, I'll turn on a featured group. And sh- certainly, and the feature groups didn't have anybody that was in contention. I think it had somebody that was in like fourth place, and that was the best you could do. I was like, all right, I'll turn on these featured groups. And certainly, they'll show other stuff around the course every so often. 
and they did here or there, but it was very, very slim pickings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was idiotic. What do you do in golf? Like, what, what, what is this? The live tour? I, w- I want to be able to watch. I want to be able to watch the final rounds. But that shouldn't be an itch- issue this week for golf's last major of the year. So, what time will it end on Sunday? At like one or two in the afternoon? Um, it's a good question. Because they started at what, like one thirty this morning? Yeah, but they they they'll start a little bit later on on Sunday. True. Uh, really, let's just look to see who what what time the last tee offs are today, and that is eleven sixteen. So. Yeah, really. I guess it'll probably be around like three like or four. Yeah, two or three. Yeah, I would guess maybe two or three. That's awesome. Heck yeah. M- middle of the day. Roll that right into NASCAR, baby. Now, no, let's not go too far here. <laughs> let's not go too far here. That would be right at the end of nap time instead of NASCAR nap time. <laughs> Both are equally have the same ability to put somebody to sleep. I was, speaking of nap, I was at a Thornton's this morning grabbing a Red Bull before I came into the studio. Got here pretty dang early this morning. But the uh, the cashier was like, anything else for you? I was like, I don't know, maybe some energy. And she goes, if I had energy to sell, I'd be sold out. And then she goes, actually, I had somebody yesterday tell me that I they, they wanted a nap. And I told them that if we sold naps, that we wouldn't have any more because I'd have done bottom all. <laughs> Thought that was pretty funny. Well, I would have asked her, what are you all currently out of stock of in store? Just to get a little hint of what she's been going to town on. <laughs> oh, we're out of drumstick ice cream. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you have a hankering for some drumstick ice cream? Uh, those are always good. Thornton's are always good. And that's just a, another great thing about Thornton's. You'll see the friendly folks working there. Always a good time. You got your energy drinks? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Red Bull up, baby. So did you not sleep well last night? Uh, no, I actually slept uh, about nine hours. Speaking of, oh my gosh, TJ, I have to ask you a question. So I wake up last night about three in the morning, right, to go to the bathroom and whatnot. Normally, it's just me that time of the night, but Gil was up. I guess he had to go to the bathroom too or get a drink of water or something. This psycho turned on three lights in the house. So that begs the question. When you wake up in the middle of the night, are you turning lights on or you just know your house and you're just walking your way through it? I think, uh, Scoots, I'm a non-psychopath. So what what do you think that tells you? Uh, You leave the lights off. Yeah. It's it's my house. Exactly. I I know my house. I I know. Now, there's a commitment level to turning the lights on. When you turn the lights on, you're kind of saying to a certain degree, like I'm up for a certain amount of time or I'm up until I complete this task or I do this thing. So it needs to be semi-worthwhile. Just going to take a leak is not something that I need to be turning the lights on. Well, so it was really weird. So Gil's bedroom door is right by the bathroom. So I walked to the bathroom and I saw his light on in his room. And I'm like, this is really weird. It's three o'clock in the morning. And so I go to the bathroom, of course, with the light off, and I come out of the bathroom. He is walking out as he's walking by the bathroom, flips the bathroom light on, then proceeds to walk to the kitchen and turns the kitchen light on as I'm walking back into my room. And I just, I can't even remember what I said. I was like, turning the light on? What a psycho or something like that. And I went back in my room and went to sleep. But yeah, I I thought that was super, super odd. What did Gil have to say about your little quip? Uh, Nothing. (laughs) It was almost like he was sleepwalking. It was really weird. 
<laughs> that is kind of weird. Sounds like you all have got something to talk about today. Maybe so. A little drama yeah. building. <laughs> I, I would say so. That's 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 not normal. That's not good behavior there. <laughs> we want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line. I already have a few texts into today's show. Keep them coming. We'll get to them. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. We knew that yesterday would be a semi-newsworthy day, but it's somewhat semi-newsworthy for for different reasons than we thought. It was a semi-vanilla, and I'm sure when Roush eventually does hop on, he'll be able to spin it in more exciting terms. But it was a semi-vanilla UK media day, which is what you want for the most part. If you've if you've got a new coach or your program's sort of rebuilding, uh, maybe you want a little bit more excitement. You want to sell more tickets potentially, but. UK fans feel good about going into this season. I think we've made a lot about the schedule. I know I certainly have. I'm not going to be a broken record on today's show, although don't don't tempt me. Potentially I will. But we've we've made a lot about how difficult the schedule is. But we feel good about the, the group that they're going to put out there, feel good about the offense, feel good about the defense, although there are some question marks at some positional groups, which were addressed and talked about yesterday. But it was you, – you just – Steady as you go, and uh, I think uh, there's nothing wrong with that. So it was a not the most newsworthy media day, but when you've got Nick Roush there, he can always make it about himself. No doubt. Uh, only kidding, but but he he can find a way to to get some juice into the event. He did just that. We're gonna play a, a clip from Nick Roush with a one-on-one interview with Mark Soups uh, a little bit later on. That was pretty funny. Uh, just there, there's more media day stuff as is. As we mentioned, the Open Championship is happening right now. The basketball tournament started yesterday, Scooch. Did you watch any of the TBT? No, and if I'm being honest, I probably won't. I'm, I might check out a couple games here and there. Might see like the final four in the championship. But yeah, this it's an event that really doesn't do it for me. And and maybe because it's I'm full of just envy every time I watch it when you've got like the Syracuse team and the Buffalo team and now the Louisville team and just all these college teams that have former players. And yeah, I don't know if it's just because I'm envious that I want an Indiana team and that would really spice up the event for me, but I've I've never really gotten into the TBT. I don't know why. Well, maybe you just don't like ball, as the kids say. No, I do like ball. I just I want to see yeah, my if guys. Like, if you really like ball, though, wouldn't you be watching ball? I guess. I mean, I've I've watched it a few years. I've I've caught games here and there. I know Christian Watford's been on a team, and you've had Maurice Creek on teams before. So I've checked out their stuff. But yeah, just I don't know. Give me a full Indiana, former Indiana guys team like Louisville's got. I mean, I, that's I'm super jealous that that's happening this summer. Yeah, I agree with you. That, that That's a game changer. I really wish Kentucky would put together another team. Maybe whoever organized the Bluegrass Boys doesn't doesn't do that one. I think it was maybe Mark Kress. You all couldn't that. have a team, though, because all your guys are in the NBA. We, we, all, we all like Mark Krebs. That's not true. That's not true. Kentucky could definitely have a team. I was actually thinking a, a similar take last night, Scoots. And I agree. Like I, I, I wish Kentucky had a team in this. I still like it because it's good basketball. It's summer, so I'm a little sports deprived. But it's good basketball, and it's and it's hoops, and it's a lot of familiar names too. Scoots, it's like, oh, I wonder what happened to that guy. And there's so many different guys that I've interviewed or covered in recruiting. It's like, oh, oh yeah, oh there he is. 
playing in the basketball tournament. Not that there's anything wrong with that. The basketball tournament's good basketball. Uh, most people, if you win the million dollars, you you bring home anywhere from like fifty thousand to like one hundred and twenty-five thousand. So, what winning five games, four games, however many it is to to win the turn? I guess five games. Winning five games for fifty to a uh, hundred grand. It's not bad. Not bad. Not a bad payday for some pickup basketball. You know, but these are these are some good teams that started up yesterday. Some blowouts early, and then you had some good games last night. the The Kansas team, which has familiar names like LeGerald Vick and then Thomas Robinson from the national championship game, uh, they had a dude that played at Kansas in like two thousand five, two thousand one to two thousand five. That's too old to be playing in the basketball tournament. They nearly lost to a D three team, uh, which is team name is like we are d3 or something like that <laughs> a bunch of d3 college athletes they were winning the whole game but then right at the end kansas and kansas won they do the elam ending scoot yeah which, i do thanks. like that you gotta make you gotta make the take whether or not you like the elam ending or not but anyways you were gonna say something yeah no i, I do like the elam ending it, it adds some intrigue to the end of the games makes it a lot of fun but no i was gonna say and this may be a hot take, but I enjoy the three-on-three tournament more than the TBT. Like the three-on-three like the big three. that they have on like NBC or whatever that is? Like the big three, whatever one. The big three. Yeah. Yeah, the big three. I, I, I like three-on-three, and I actually really enjoyed last Olympics when they had three-on-three basketball. Sure, yeah. Uh, not that I watched a ton of it, but like I do enjoy three-on-three. I think anybody that played basketball growing up played some three-on-three. They'd always have the street ball tournament in Louisville, which I think they still do, um, but it's kind of fallen under, under some different umbrellas and some different organizers. But you'd always, we'd, I'd always play in the the three-on-three tournament in downtown Louisville. That was always a good time. So I like it, but just the, I don't know what it is about the big three. Maybe it's just the fact that some of the people are just so old. It's like, well, they're, this isn't the highest level basketball. It's just big names being old playing basketball. Well, and that's what I like about three-on-three three is there's a lot more, uh, maybe not a lot more, but it seems there's more strategy involved in three-on-three. Three. Like, you really have to know where you're at on the court. You've got to know where your teammates are at. So it doesn't have to be the most, most athletic guys. You just have to have guys with high basketball IQ, and if that's the case, you've got a pretty good three-on-three three team. Yeah, high basketball IQ is never a bad thing for any team in any level of basketball. Uh, but three-on-three, three, I almost disagree and say it's more one-on-one, -on -one, where it's like you don't need to have sets. There's a lot more space in the half court, and you get a lot more isolation or jab steps, and then you throw up a long three. And these older people that are good shooters, they can still knock down the shots, but they're, you know they're not they're not blowing it by anybody in blazing speed to go finish at the rim for the most part. But uh, no, I, I like the TBT. I'm glad that it's back. I'll watch it. I watched uh, a, a decent amount of it yesterday, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I wish Kentucky had a team. I actually thought about it last night. It would be called – here's what I'd call it. The Bluegrass Boys, That's we're out. We're done. We're moving past the Bluegrass Boys. Uh, we're calling it Kentucky Ties. And you may say, well, what does that mean? Because we're not going to just have strictly U.K. players on it. We're going to have people that maybe played at some of the smaller schools in Kentucky, some of the lovable names from like a Western or an Eastern. You can even get Northern, Murray, Moorhead. I don't care. If they're good, they can join the Kentucky Ties team. Our logo is going to be the KFC bow tie, but it's going to be blue, obviously, blue and white. 
we had a radio show in college, Scoots, and it was called Kentucky Fried Sports. And we do it every Sunday morning on WRFL. And it was a good time. Me, Kyle Piercy, and, and Stuart Hammer were, were the hosts. Stuart Hammer works for WDRB now. Kyle Piercy works for the USL team in Lexington. And he worked at Center for a little bit, and he's done some other stuff as well. Who was the colonel? Who was the colonel? Yeah. Me, obviously. <laughs> I've serving up uh, 11 different takes and spices each and every <laughs> Sunday morning. Uh, it was pretty brutal sometimes Sunday morning as a college student, getting up that early and, and doing doing the radio show. No, but we had fun with it. We did it during the national championship year, so that was that was enjoyable, to, to say the least, and made the, the show all that much more fun. But our logo there was like it was – Kentucky Fried Sports, so it was KFS, and it kind of had it in like the KFC font, mm-hmm. and then we had a blue bow tie. I think the Twitter page may still be active somewhere from back in the day. Uh, but the Kentucky Ties team is going to have a blue bow tie. It's going to say Kentucky Ties on it. It's not strictly limited to just UK guys. Um, we could even get a U of L guy if they ever wanted. They have their own team, so it probably would be unlikely. Scoots, if any of the Kentucky, you know, if you want to throw Hoosier on the Kentucky Ties team, I'm I'm cool with it. It would make the TBT a little bit more entertaining. Here's the deal, though: you just have to, it have to be a good team, and I think you could make a pretty solid team with some former Kentucky guys that didn't make it big in the NBA, but are still playing basketball here, or there, and some other spots. You could get a Nate Sestina on the team. He's been dominating over in Europe, doing some good things. He'd be a solid TBT-type player. Uh, let's see. Who, DeMarcus who Cousins. DeMarcus Cousins, yeah. I, I want my team to be a little bit younger, but I'm not, that's not, not to say I'm not saying no to DeMarcus Cousins. Well, you need Absolutely. the bully. DeMarcus Cousins can be on there. I'd worry a little bit about his defense, but uh, he'd be a great offensive weapon to have. Yeah, let's, let's bring in. Good old DeMarcus Cousins. Dominique Hawkins, because does he still have it? Can he still defend? I think we need to do a little bit better caliber than Dominique Hawkins for the most part. But if he's going to play hard, that's what made him so lovable. Bring him bring him in the fold. I'm, I'm all for it. Uh, that former EKU guy, Nick Mayo, he seems like the perfect bas- the basketball tournament type player. Oh, you know who Go I'm ahead. thinking? Who are you thinking? In one year when he's kicked out of the NBA, you could put John Moran on this team. hey oh. Kentucky ties. That's right. There you go. Uh, sure, we do have a strict no firearm policy <laughs> with team events, but we would gladly bring him in. That would upgrade the talent uh, in, in in a big way. So that would be great. Like, what's Kellen Grady doing? Come on back, yeah, play for Kentucky exactly. ties. Davion Mintz, what are you doing? Come on back, play for Kentucky ties. Reed uh, Jeffrey. All in on it. Or not, Reed uh, Travis. Reed, Reed Travis, absolutely. Let's get a little muscle inside. You, you could put together – a good enough team there to be competitive. But the old Bluegrass Boys team had like Perry Stevenson. We all love Joe Crawford, but he he was not in playing shape, if we just want to put it bluntly. Wait, you all have had a team um, before? Yeah, yeah. They, really? they were 0-1. They, the one team in the history of the Bluegrass Boys, they, they, they were the first one seed to ever lose in the first round. A little <laughs> piece of history they can't, that we can't take away, unfortunately. But – yeah, it was just like a, it was a team of some of the most like lovable players over the last decade, but it wasn't necessarily the best players to put on a competitive basketball team. Sure. So they didn't do too hot. I'd love to do it again, though, but I think it was like a lot of energy and a lot of work, and 
Uh, some of the players said yes, but then at the last minute they ended up not showing up, and that kind of hurt the, the that hurt the talent level, and it just you know it was an annoying headache to have to deal with. So I think whoever did it, I think it was Mark Krebs. I think he was just like, eh, this, I don't know if I want to do all this again. But I think it should be re-brought back up. I think UK, the University of Kentucky, would need to help. Like I think the basketball program would need to assist in it and tell some of these former players, like, yeah, this is a good opportunity for you. Go ahead and do it. Because uh, I think this is only going to get bigger, and it's only going to get more popular. And I a little a little hot take here, Scoots. I hate saying this, and I really, really hope to be wrong about it, but they're going to expand the NCAA tournament. They're yeah. gonna they're gonna pack the NCAA tournament, just like they're gonna pack the Supreme Court. They're gonna, but they are. It's just like a matter of time. Wish and they wouldn't. You keep you keep hearing them talk about it, and this is all by like design. It's almost a soft landing, if you will. They keep talking about it, and thankfully and rightfully so, there's always plenty of pushback on it this is a terrible idea don't do it don't do it and scooch you are right they recently did come out and say hey we're not going to do it right now but we are going to continue to look into it that's basically their way of saying yes we're not doing it right now but we are going to do it someday you guys just aren't ready for it just yet Point being, it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be in 10 years. I don't know if it's going to be in five years. But the the longer they go, the better it is. They do not need to expand the NCAA tournament. It's good where it's at. Expanding it while we'll still watch it, I don't know. You're just you're rolling the dice with something that's beautiful, that people, when they think of an entire month, they think of your event. And you're going to roll the dice to potentially shake that up just to get more money, even though you're already making godly amounts of money for just a few weeks of work i wouldn't roll the dice on messing that up but they're going to scoots it's just a matter of time before they're going to do it and when they do it i still think people will watch i still think kentucky fan i mean if uk is playing in an event called the NCAA tournament and there's a team with kentucky across their chest i think we're going to be invested in it whether there's 68 teams or 128 teams i think we're going to watch it but I do wonder if it's going to saturate it so much, if it's going to be the same thing, if, if the rest of the country is going to love it. Regardless, when that day comes is going to be the year that the TBT is the most popular that it's ever been. And it may not even take that long for the TBT to, to get that popular. And it may not necessarily coincide with the NCAA tournament. Although I think once the NCAA tournament tries to mess things up, that's going to flock more people over to the TBT. But more importantly, I think you're going to see more colleges. You already have a ton of them. I mean, you have a Wichita State, a Kansas. You mentioned Syracuse, Buffalo, UofL. I mean, the list goes on and on of these colleges that have these alumni teams. And they're not always – Marshall has a team. Kansas State has a team. They're not always strictly alumni, but obviously the bulk of them usually are. You're going to get this where I think you're going to get more and more college alumni teams, and hopefully Kentucky ties becomes a reality. And you're going to have those teams playing, and you're just going to have a bunch of fans in the summer be like, all right, this is kind of our college basketball itch here, watching these. And, oh, these are such you know familiar names and guys that we grew up watching or uh, you know watched the past five seasons on teams that we really like. It's only going to get bigger and bigger. In regards to the Elam ending, I like it. I'm still not convinced we need it in every 
form of basketball. Oh, no. But no. for this event to have it be, hey, the, this is the Elam ending event. I like it. I'm, I'm cool with it. I'd be cool if some exhibition like college basketball tournaments or what they did in Canada last week, if they did some of the Elam ending. But I'm still not convinced I want it. There's still nothing like a good old fashioned buzzer beater. We should make. That being said, the. Go ahead. We should make like the uh, Maui Invitational Elam ending. Like make one of the preseason tournaments. Uh, Elam yeah, I'd be fine. I'd be fine with doing that just yeah. to see how we like it. Exactly. Try it on for size. Um, again, the Maui stuff are games that actually count on the record, so that may be, you know, some some people may not love that, and I would I'd be willing to hear them out. But yeah, no, it, it's a it's a cool event. Nothing replaces a good old fashioned buzzer beater, half court shot, or anything like that. And the Elam ending takes that out automatically. Oh, there's a buzzer beater every game, a game winner every game. There's a game winner. It's not a yeah, buzzer beater. Right. And, and yeah, a game winner every game is cool. That's part of the fun of the Elam ending. And there's no, the best part of the Elam ending is you just, it takes away the stupid intentional fouling. Yeah. And that's great. Like some of the end of basketball games can take forever. And the Elam ending, it just, it automatically erases that. It takes out one of the worst parts of basketball and it completely and totally eliminates it which is pretty cool. And if you're unfamiliar with the Elam ending, you keep hearing us talk about it, summarize just very quickly. Once you get to under two minutes in the fourth quarter, they do a target score. So they calculate you know, where your score's at, where the opponent's score's at, and it becomes a target score. And then the clock's just wiped clean. You don't finish out the final two minutes of the game. It may take 30 seconds. It may take five minutes of more basketball. But you play to that score so, you know, if the score in under two minutes is 71 to 69, the target score would probably be 81. And then, boom, just the next team to get to 81 wins the game. Uh, one team has a two-point head start in that scenario, but two points is not all that hard to make up. And you had an exciting eel amending in the Kansas game. The D3 team uh, was down one. The eel amending was with an approach for Kansas. They were shooting a free throw, though. Missed the free throw. Thomas Robinson from the 2012 National Championship game. He gets the rebound and a putback, and that was it. That was your game winner wow. right then and there. And he knew it as soon as he made it, and it had a cool celebration to go along with it. But, uh, yeah, the D3 guys were devastated, Scooch. Just devastated. Yeah, maybe I'll check out a few games of this tournament. See if I can get into it. Maybe this is the year I can get into it. Trying to just do our like our our morning pleasantries to just recap what everything's going on, and here we are with a very long first segment. Also, the <laughs> women's the women's World Cup has started. Scooch, you excited yes, about that? I am so excited. Yeah, I I hate that we don't get USA until tomorrow, um, but yeah, I, I'm pretty pumped. I've got a nice little parlay in right now. No big deal. Just betting on women's World Cup soccer. Well, don't be shy. <laughs> I took all the heavy favorites. I've got like Canada and Spain and. England, USA. I, I literally took all the favorites. To win their matches? To win their matches, these, yeah. Just to win their first matches? Yep. Okay, right now uh, you have Australia up by one Perfect. on Ireland. And this is a hosted by Australia um, and New Zealand. New correct. Zealand played earlier today, and they won one nothing. Uh, Scoots is right. United States plays tomorrow night. Kind of a missed opportunity. So these games are such a terrible times. They're at like 1 a.m., 3.30 a.m., 5.30 a.m., maybe 8 a.m. But they also may go late at night, too, to catch the time zone on the opposite day. So United States will play tomorrow night at 9 p.m. 
but you're going to have the primetime Friday night, 9 p.m. game, and you're going to have them open up against Vietnam. Do you know? They're going to beat Vietnam by six goals. Do you know? Okay, then you should take the uh, Vietnam because they are getting plus six and a half. Yeah, that's right. USA is minus six and a half. Now, you know what? Then I need to put my money where my mouth is. I need to bet Vietnam. I'm getting the hook there. I love I it. I don't know if I've ever seen a soccer line like that. Pretty wild. Nick Roush is alive and awake. We're going to play his infamous question to Mark Stoops when we return here on Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Galen. We'll be right back. It's happening to me. I've already forgotten every woman but you. Oh, darling, I'm going to love you forever. Forever and ever. Amen. As long as old men said talk about the weather as long as a women sit and talk about men. I've got to ask you a question I've struggled with this um, so I, I had to come home is it is it ever going to be time for Mark Stoops to come home you know the, 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 <laughs> yeah there is going to be a time there's going to be I, a day probably now but you know it is what it is I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah. you look good. I mean, I'm not sure I'd look I good. You can do it. It, it, it. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not ready to make that risk yet. I mean, it's. it's I mean, I don't have a choice for a long. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Mark Stoops, thank you so much. Thank All I heard there was the head football coach at the University of Kentucky, the best football coach in the history of the University of Kentucky for this specific program. All I heard is that he said Nick Roush looks good? Yeah, you heard that right, Nick Roush. Oh. You look good, buddy. Man, we got to get his eyes checked. I don't know what the hell's wrong <laughs> with him. If he can't see that you don't look good from three feet away, how do we know that he can recognize what the offense is doing from 30 yards away? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. You look good, buddy. You heard it from the head man himself. That was, a good, that was a good question, Nick. That was funny. The video's even better because he doesn't really know exactly what you're referencing. And then you do the, you know, come home and you you swipe your bald head. And then it, you you see the moment it clicks in his eyes. He's like, oh, you SOB. It's good stuff there, Nick Roush. How are you? Good morning. Morning, morning. Um, I've been better, but I did uh, I did appreciate that. Well, first and foremost, just getting, making that happen, I didn't think that was going to happen. I did not know um, up until three minutes before it was going to happen that Mark Stoops was actually going to have time to come over and talk with me. So that was cool. Very happy he agreed to do that. Um, I don't, I've never had a one-on-one with Stoops because I've never, I mean, if I got a question for him for a story, I usually, I usually have plenty of opportunities. So that's not been the case. Um, so what do I do? I, you know me. I'm. I, I got. I got to have my Joey Fence talk question. I got to have my this question. But I'm uniquely positioned to be the bad. Like, only a bad hair guy can ask another guy with bad hair what they're going to do about their hair, right? Like, like Scoots, I, he's not, it's not falling away for him. 
He's he's got it. His hair is holding on strong. He can't ask Mark Stoops about the 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 very very you know high forehead he's working with now. But this guy, this bald guy, yeah, I can do it. So I I was ready for that to I was ready for that to be my kind of uh, ball busting <laughs> sort of deal. But I also did not know how he would take it because some people, especially people who make a lot of money a year, like Mark Stoops does, uh, they they don't like to be uh, to have jokes at their expense about their hair. So glad he was a good sport about it. Uh, glad glad it worked out as well as it did because it could have been a disaster. I think he was going to be a good sport about it. But, yeah, that's huge about the one-on-one interview. So uh, how long did you, did you get him? Five minutes. And wow. uh, it was one of those things where they told me five minutes, and they meant, like, five minutes as of I'm saying this right now. So you better press record. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's cool. It's five more minutes we've ever had him on old Kentucky roll call. Am I right? That's true. That's true. Um. Yeah, also, figuring out the other questions, that, that, that was uh, an experience as well. But uh, glad he was a good sport, though. Glad he was a good sport. And part of it, too, is just like, I mean, I've done eight SEC media days, I believe, and I've been covering Mark Stoops and asking him questions for all 11 years that he's been there. So, like, you know. Of all the, I, I, I've asked him some bad questions before. This was at least a, a good bad question. But the part that I did not, it didn't dawn on me, is that TJ, or actually, you've probably heard it, TJ Scoots. Have you ever heard the phrase, it's time to come home? I mean, maybe in like ET. But no, <laughs> I don't, I've, I've never heard that, no. See, in in um in the in the balding community, that's a very it's pretty popular. It's like a joke, like you know. Huh. I knew when it was time to come home, aka get out the clippers and just shave it all off. And a a, a listener, a, a tweeter, tweeted something at me like, "Man, I I think he thought you were asking him about the Iowa job," and. That just did not dawn on me whatsoever at all. So, go, I think he thought I was giving him a, a very serious question for a second. And, no, it turns out I'm just making fun of him for having better. I've heard the phrase. I guess maybe it, it's maybe somewhat of like a context clue sort of deal. But he also could just be on his toes because he sometimes gets asked about other jobs, although not – not not frequently. Um, what if you were just like, is it time to come home? Are you going to be the next head coach at Iowa? Yeah. That It'd be like, been... is the job open? No, it is not at the moment open. Just are you ever going to be? Just in, in like the future, can you say definitively, I will not be the coach? Ooh, that would have been a good one, Roush. Maybe save that for next one. Just go down and like have a list of like 30 schools and be like, are you ever going? Can you definitively say you're ever going to be the head coach here or here? And just see if you can get them on one. It's funny because the the sort of um, gotcha questions that Stoops don't fall for, right? Like the 
uh, did you did you listen to his uh, main media room speech? The- I did. I did. I had that. Uh, I was listening live. I wanted to make sure I was kind of picking up on the stuff that they were throwing down. I started today's show by saying it was a pretty boring UK media day. I think your hair question was like the most newsworthy thing of the whole stuff. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing that it was a, re- a relatively vanilla appearance for Stoops. But he did he did mention some interesting things that I'm sure we'll talk about on today's show. Right, right. Um, and we even talked about going into it. It's like, well, what are they gonna, what are they gonna say? Like, what what can they do to make news? Oftentimes, we go to this event, and I have like something pre-written because he needs to comment on something. Kind of nice that that wasn't the case. Um, but there was um, the Knoxville News Sentinel has been pumping out those Tennessee stories left and right. And I had forgotten about the, pretty sure the the quote they were referencing was from an uh, interview with my boss on his show. Saying, yeah, we weren't surprised they got caught cheating. Um, but for that guy to bring it up and ask Stoops, yeah, in 2021, you said, I wasn't surprised they got caught cheating. So what are your thoughts now that they got punished? Um, and you, you very much, I, I was like, well, phew. you, you, you got to kind of like try to sneak it up on him. You can't just, but he, he shut that down just like that. Not a chance. In France, he was going to give them some ammunition for Tennessee fans to be fired up all over about him. Yeah, I, I, there, I listening live, I, you didn't really like realize like, oh, oh, this is kind of a juicy question until it was all the incident was already all the way over with. But there was a part of me that wanted Stoops to answer like, well, I said what I said, I, I was proven right. Next question. Would have been pretty cool. That being said, uh, he he said what he did say. He was proven right. He probably didn't need to address it any further. Probably handled that the way that he should have. Would have been funny if he did the opposite. Would have been funny. You always like taking shots when, when necessary uh, or when given the opportunity. He had the opposite approach there with Georgia as well, where he was like, I'm not saying anything about those guys. I don't want to tick them off. Are you kidding me? Uh, which was a fun that that made me laugh as well. I thought that was that was well played that answer there. But also with the nil stuff, I'm not suggesting that this is the case with UK. I don't think they're dumb enough to go around handing fast food bags of cash to their prospects or to go to a parent and say like I was thinking about George Floyd this morning. Here's three hundred dollars, which that's just a messed up thing to do. I don't think that stuff's going on at UK. But you also maybe don't want to be the one to like dance on somebody's nil grave uh, because it's kind of interesting times, different times. I bet every program, Roush, is kind of bending the rules here or there a little bit. Wink, wink. It's a little bit of the Wild West. Everybody's looking at Texas A&M. So it's probably just the best thing with that stuff to – you can have your personal moment of like satisfaction that my rival who I knew – was just cheating, dumb cheating, dumb, dumb, dumb cheating. You can have that personal moment on the inside, but probably best just to take the high road because you, you never know. Uh, if you're the one, if you're also kind of dealing around cash here or there, you never know if it could come back to bite you. Well, that goes back to last year with the Jimbo Nick Saban stuff, where 
they're in a pissing contest over who cheats more. Like you don't want to, you don't want to get in one of those. Uh, yeah, it's like just two countries with nukes being like, well, we're going to nuke you. We're going to nuke you too. And it's like, well, then who's really going to come out ahead on this bad boy? Uh, same with with A and M and Alabama accusing them each other of cheating. That's it's like, well, you both are. You both are probably cheating, and yeah. you're both doing it pretty well. All things yeah, considered, you're not. Yeah, you're. One has yeah. Nick Saban as the head coach, though, and the other one has a circus clown. And that's that's really the difference. But both the, of you all are cheating. Well, that's the part that I just have a hard time understanding. It's like Jeremy Pruitt was at Alabama for three years. You did learn discretion then, buddy. Like, you really just thought stuffing the money in McDonald's bags was the way to go. Uh, that, that That's the part of it that's never made a ton of sense to me. It's just, why so bold, right? Like, it, it just never added up for me. All right, enough with the pleasantries. We need to get down to brass tacks. What'd you do last night? Man, just uh, saw the British Open start, so that was. Oh, <laughs> scoots! What do you think of that? That is awesome. Yeah, it, I, th- I think I think I might be rolling back over and going back to bed for a little bit once uh, once the show is over. But yeah, you know. Um, I, I really think that people might have uh, gone a little bit too hard on Tuesday night, so we had a much tamer Wednesday. But um, you know, you got to seize the opportunity. I don't have a ton of opportunities like this, um, so we ran in, ran into the Arkansas group at the karaoke bar, where uh, where it's not it back in the day when this was a Hoover only event. The, the karaoke was, I mean, that was their big night, right? Because not a whole lot to do in Hoover. So the karaoke bar was a thrill. And so they're, they're keeping the tradition alive. It's just, doesn't have the same pop when, you know, it just, it just, it just doesn't on Broadway. But still had a good time um, at Alan Jackson's spot. Uh, a lot of cool memorabilia. His, the bar... Like the it was, it was next to the karaoke bar. It was the back of his boat. Like literally, they just cut off the back of a boat and turned it into a bar. That was crazy. Um, and uh, shout out to John Neighbors, who he he's the uh, Arkansas radio guy that outlasted everyone the night before, and he was a superstar up there. I think he said he sang seven songs. We were late to the party. It's karaoke bar. Not going to be super uh, aggressive about it. Oh, there's my alarm going off. Oh, just, um, just you're like, if I got to miss hour one alarm. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, he, while he was singing, a woman fell not once but twice off her bar stool. And the second time I was like, are we going to have to call an ambulance? And he just kept kept on singing. Did not flinch whatsoever. That's what we call killer karaoke. Did you make that? Did you say that to him? 
I, I did not. Did, did not have that ready. Oh, you could text him this morning and be like, how about that killer karaoke last night? And then you can uh, – uh, he'll yeah. know what you're talking about. It could work. It pretty work. good, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing that was pretty good, I discovered a place in Nashville that has been here forever that I just didn't know existed. Have you ever heard of Robert's Western Wear, TJ? No. I mean, it's it's tucked in like right by Tootsie's Legend. It's on that first um, corner, and we walk in, and they have guys playing '50s, '60s, Johnny Cash like era country music. They've got the little uh, the black western shirts on with like the little red ties, uh-huh. and you walk up to the bar. They've got a griddle and. For six American dollars, you could get a fried bologna sandwich, a bag of chips, a moon pie, and a PBR. And it, I was shocked. I was shocked. Six dollars on Broadway. For it's pretty that. good. And pretty... just food. Uh, food late at night that I didn't have to wait very long. Oh, game changer. Absolute game changer. They got rid of Paradise Park. They took that away from me. It cut me real deep. Glad that there is at least one more that I could, late night eat spot that can save the day. That's good. Yeah, that is good. Paradise Park was always a great time. Uh, let's end our one there. That's not all that we have from yesterday. Mark Stoops told a funny story on Feinbaum regarding Roush's arch nemesis, Eli Drinkowitz. We'll need to play that for you all when we return. And then... Uh, I joined a college basketball Twitter space yesterday and got into a little back and forth with one Jeff Goodman. But <laughs> before we detail that, holy smokes, did Jeff Goodman say something that was absolutely outlandish. We will play the audio there as well, and we will catch up on the Thornton text line, majority of reading text in hour number two coming up your way here on Kentucky Roll Call, Big X Sports Radio, TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Heaven help us, baby's got a blue jeans on. She can't help it if she's made that way. She's not to blame if they look her way. She ain't really trying to cause a scene. It just comes naturally. Now the girl can't help it. Well, over? You say over? I ain't heard no family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Rosh. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Roush was able to stay awake during the the long break there. If he can do that, he can do anything. Rumor on the street, the thing keeping him most motivated is thinking about a salsa Rita's dinner. Is that so, Roush? That, that's true. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to most, second most, when I get home after seeing my children, of course, is uh, eating some salsaritas with them. Um, my son loves rice and beans, and they hook you up with rice and beans at salsaritas. Marinated meats, 
fresh salsa. It's the best at Salsaritas. I'm actually glad you brought that up. I'm not a bean guy, but people who are bean people, you know the bean people. They, we used to go to the beans house all the time growing up. The, the, they say that their beans are amazing. I'm not a bean person, so I don't try them, but they say that the beans at Salsaritas, what are they, the black beans and the refried beans? Yeah, and their black beans, they do, like black beans are very dull, but they even find a way to put flavor in their black beans. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Mm, that's good. That's, that's good stuff. Two locations in Louisville. Middletown, it has a drive through and then the one in St. Matthews, a beautiful interior, renovated, covered patio. And Justin Kalen leaving Matt Sack hanging on a potential Salsaritas date out in Middletown. Scoot, Excuse what do you me? Say for yourself. Left him hanging? Yeah. What do you yeah, mean you left him hanging? He reached out to you on the Kentucky Roll Call Twitter page and said, when are we getting Middletown Salsaritas? And, and you just... You ghosted him. Oh, uh, we okay. So we must have talked about it in the DMs because I was like, we've definitely talked about getting salsaritas or meeting up, getting something. Yeah, I've, it must have been in the DMs. I just didn't do it publicly. I don't want everybody joining us, you know. You joined. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, Roush, good luck getting in your house by saying you're looking forward to seeing your kids and then salsaritas. No mention of Brooke. Whoa. <laughs> Scoots. <laughs> Like I'm trying to like not throw up in my mouth, and you're over here busting me up, Scoots. Another day. The boys trying to get me into trouble. The boys got after it. Was it all five of the KSR on three guys that went out and about? Just uh, look at Drew and all. Um, okay. Okay. So you know, and that's it, it's it's just it is fun because. When you work remotely as much as we do, this is the time you get to do the in-person gossip about work, the bitching about work, the like funny mm. stories about work. Like it's it's a good time. It's oh, let's good let's see, let's hear some of the funny stories. It's just us. Nobody's listening. Everybody flipped over to leech. Come on. Well, we got, I got really excited. Drew got really excited when he thought of an article to write to wrap up this week by doing an SEC media power rankings of which which group of media members is the best, which one's the worst, which one's the best thing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. But um, Georgia would be higher up if they didn't have a newspaper that was – going rogue and uh <laughs> i mean georgia and the ajc went toe-to-toe over uh sexual assault cases and georgia won like georgia georgia beat the newspaper it never happens but the ajc had to issue corrections and in their story uh the their investigation into the georgia football program and i know it's a different era but i can't I can't remember anything like this ever happening. That was that was wild. Yeah, it. Uh, if you if you aren't keeping up with it, they fired the reporter uh, who had been there for a really really long time, and uh, but they 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 fired him, and it ends up not being his first time that he's had some 
questionable reporting or couldn't back up some facts right. in his reporting. And right. that's what it sounds like happened was, yeah. and, and I think this does happen in newsrooms. I think news people are very much for other news people and maybe go to bat for other news people sometimes more than they should. But the way this scenario supposedly played out is they just said, listen, this is not something that we normally do. We trust our journalists. We trust our reporters, but like, we need to see your, like, where are the text messages? Where are your findings? Who are you talking to? We need some names. And he just couldn't back up a, a lot of things that he was putting out there. So they supposedly had no choice but to, to move in a different direction. But good for the paper. I think people would be more willing to kind of get back into papers if more papers were willing to... Hand up when I'm wrong? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. To, right. yeah, to say, like, hey, we, we kind of goofed on something and... and this was wrong. This isn't how this should have been handled. Um, but a lot of times you don't get that. So good on them for for correcting mistakes. And is the matter settled between them and Georgia? Is everybody happy now? It, it, that appears to be the case. And all of it really came down to, I mean, the guy said there was 11 cases and he only wrote about three. And so Georgia's like, well, what are the other eight? Please tell us. And the, the, that's where he did not have the, the receipts, if you will, to sort of back it up. So, uh, you know, I, it's, not, it's not like I want to see a guy fired, but like that is like why the, the the part that that's the part that I don't get, TJ. It's, it's like why would you do that if you couldn't prove it? Like what what what's in it for you? You know, I, I, that that I don't I can't understand and. That's the that's why people lose their jobs when you like, you're supposed to be trusted and yeah yeah uh, I'm shocked shocked by it all. Well, I asked Roush for some funny stories. He did not deliver. Oh, I but did not. I, I, got, I, I steered away quickly. But Mark Stoops had a funny story uh, that he shared with Fe Paul Feinbaum. We're gonna play that for you right now here on Kentucky Roll Call. Ready to bust his chops a little bit. First of all, it, you know, my house sits right there, and so it was, it was, it was private beach that he was sitting on. My private beach. Okay, number one, I tell him I'm gonna boot him out of there next time I see him. <laughs> and number two, what he didn't talk about was when I walked out. I was walking out of the water, and then he was just sitting right there, and I was like, and I was like half out of breath, and I was like, "Did you just see that?" And he said, "See what?" So my oldest son and I were actually in the water, like full blown wrestling. Like he. <laughs> He's, no, he did he, not tell he, me that. He's going into his junior year. Well, he, I don't think he saw it. So he, he, my son's going into his junior year. He thinks he's real swall and he loves lifting and playing ball and all that stuff. And and so we were in the water and I was trying to show him who's still dad, you know, who's still boss. And we were having a full scale like wrestling and, and like I'm like tired out of shape. And then <laughs> my lips like half bleed. And then I walk out and, and right in front of me drinks right there. And he's like, hey. And I was like, wow. And I said, did you just see that? And he said, no, what? And I was like, oh, good. I'm glad you missed it. Because drink, you know anything about him, he would have filmed it. Oh. And he would have put it out there. And, and, and been, it, that would have really been a bad sight to see. <laughs> That's good stuff. Good stuff. Talk, I mean, that's like the worst possible person you could have <laughs> run into on vacation. I mean, the only thing worse would be just running into your boss, right? 
<laughs> I do just love the idea of like Stoops just getting out of the ocean and looking up and being like that mf'er. It's old Drinkowitz. What the hell are you doing on my private beach? Uh, all so- coaches in the SEC, he pro- but probably dislikes. Who do you think is his most? Who do you think he dislikes most in the SEC? Roush Beamer. Is who I think that's who I figure. That's who I would figure. That would be my guess. I think. I, you know, and I think there's friction to varying degrees with many. You know, with multiple coaches. You know, Heupel probably, probably doesn't there. love Heupel. Sure. Yeah, and Drinkwitz. I think his thing with Drinkwitz is less personal and more. Was he was a big Barry Odom guy? Um, they. Got into the league right around the same time, both defensive guys. Um, and he, he thought Odom got canned too quickly at his alma mater. And then they replaced him with this guy who's just done the same, if not slightly worse than Barry Odom. So I think I think Stoops' Drinkwitz beef is less personal and more so to deal with the school doing his boy wrong. That makes sense. That checks out. Get your text into the Thornton sex line, 502-414-1450. Good stuff from SEC Media Day. Uh, we can talk more about it tomorrow as well, and maybe some texters on the Thornton sex line are going to bring some stuff up. But I know there's more to talk about. I like that Stoops uh, admitted that you know they've got to get back to their brand of football, physical up front. Uh, it sounded like he also wasn't overly thrilled with how the defensive line, their physicality up front. So, uh, if that's a point of emphasis going into this season, I think that's a good thing. If they can, if they can reach where they need to, but I, it, it's nice that they at least acknowledge that, especially on the offensive side of things. But there was other things, Roush, that stood out to me. But uh, we can we can get back to some of that stuff a little bit later on. Yeah, yeah. It um, but like to your point though, it was a one of the more uneventful media days. From a Kentucky perspective, other than the fact that, I mean, they almost didn't make it there. Uh, Susan Lack said that was the scariest flight she's been on her entire life. And she's done these flights for, you know, 20 years, right? You get on the charter jet with a dozen or so people and make the quick trip to Birmingham or Atlanta or Nashville and uh, they were flying through storms, and she said she screamed multiple times, like with the plane dropping or whatever, and it just shocking her, scaring her. Um, yeah, <laughs> glad, glad that wasn't me. Uh, that sounds that sounds terrifying. Yeah, I'm out on that. <laughs> it would make me not want to get back on the plane and go back home. Like you can, you got this. I might just rent a car. I'll see you, see you in a couple hours. Well, the good news is Nashville, not too far. Right, right. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, fellas, there's three things in life that are guaranteed, death taxes and the Reds absolutely blowing it in the second half of the season. Also seems like everything has gotten quiet on the Brian Robinson and hardly Gilmore front. Any update there? Thanks. Y'all have a good one. Hey, the Reds won yesterday. They're back. Woo-hoo! Oh, they finally won? Three to two, won. baby. They did. Nice. Roush, um, any update on Brian Robinson and Hardly Gilmore? Um, slight Brian Robinson update. He left his high school, Austin Town Fitch. 
So, oh. be nice if he just showed up at Cardinal Mooney, Stoops' alma mater. Go ahead and lock that up. That would be ideal. Uh, Harley Gilmore, I don't think he's publicly shared a commitment date, but I've heard it's going to be uh, end of August. Like, so five, six weeks. And uh, I haven't heard if it's going to be Kentucky or not, but I'm still rather optimistic that it will be. So, Is Brian Robinson going to uh, him transferring to Cardinal Mooney an actual option, or are you just dream-weaving? Uh, slightly dream-weaving, but, I mean, if he's not, not going – Leaving his school, there's only a couple options for him, and that would be the best option, uh, especially if – you know, I, I know that, like, at least Kentucky, they're not pushing. I don't think they're being pushy and trying to get a commitment from him. Because, I mean, really, right now, it's not a Kentucky-Michigan thing. It's Kentucky. No, big Pitt. Yon. Big Yon from the big boy. Yeah, Kentucky-Pitt. So, I don't I don't think they're shaking their bootstraps, if you will. So, they're, they're letting him kind of operate on his own clock. Um, his own time frame. So uh, that's where we are now. I I have no idea when he'll eventually stop tweeting about his breakfast foods and and make a decision already. No idea when that's going to happen. Two big names. We'd love them to be in the blue and white. A texter says, Roush is going to have to leave downtown for that tasty Thornton's burrito. And they sent in a picture of the Thorntons around Nashville. Uh, There are plenty, but yeah, you do not necessarily ride in the Metro. Wild thing is, yeah. is that is a paper copy of the Thornton's maps in Nashville. So why, why does anyone have that? He probably works for Thornton's. Although Maybe, it doesn't yeah. look like, is there any that go straight off I-65? I haven't clicked in on the picture, but looks like they're all east. And then that one lone one west, that's probably on 40. Yeah, none off 65. Mm. Several off 24. 20 foes causing clues. Great song. You all, you should lose your American citizenship if you put ketchup on a hot dog after the age of eight. Good God, even after all these years, TJ will still shock you with his takes. Oh, that's funny. I did a Twitter poll yesterday, and people, like 80% of people loved having ketchup on their hot dog, according to the Twitter poll. So you tell me what that means, buddy. What are you laughing about, Roush? It's funny. 87% 87% best way to eat a hot dog 87% with ketchup 13% I don't like hot dogs so you tell me what that means texter on the Thornton sex line was that the options really that was the poll yeah <laughs> oh, I mean I'd rather eat a hot dog with ketchup than say I don't like hot dogs and then doesn't, TJ, doesn't mean I like hot dogs with ketchup TJ poll, that, polls like that are putting Oscar Combs on the hot seat um, <laughs> Thank you. Which, by the way, it feels like he's chilled out on his poll some lately. Like, what the hell? Uh, I feel like it was like two weeks ago he was going at it with the polls. So maybe he's taking a little poll break, but he'll he'll be back on the polls in no time. Like Katina Powell. Mustard is a must for brats. That's the only way to eat them. That's just Mustard is just gross. Like, it's just not good. I wish it was. I can understand the appeal of ranch, you know, something cool. With something hot makes sense to me. But mustard is just, it, it looks gross. It tastes gross. It smells disgusting. Nobody wants mustard scented things. 
Um, it, it's it's all it's all bad. So definitely do not put it on a brat. Uh, Dijon mustard on a brat, not a whole lot better. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. My uh, wife's family they'll do barbecue sauce on a brat, which is pretty good. It's just something I never would have thought of before they did it. I do that when I'm up at uh, Old Capitol and I go see Big Bill. He makes his own barbecue sauce there in house. If I get a brat, I put barbecue sauce on it. Pretty awesome. Interesting. I can do barbecue sauce on a brat. I don't know if I actually ever have, but that would make sense. But yeah, nothing wrong with good old fashioned ketchup on a brat either. Uh, Texter says, Jason, oh, they, they were doing some, some play on names with country music stars. Jason Aldean of Students. Eric Church Camp. Eric Church Basement. Okay, um, we get, I mean, the, the church one, you could go. They could do better. <laughs> and then they stopped. They're just those three, and they were done. John here, good morning. I know Coach Cal has a great lineup. We are already dealing with injuries. However, I was wondering, who's the one player that you think that we better hope and pray that nothing happens to? Who's the one player we cannot afford to lose at all? Well, got to go. I'll talk to you later. Justin Edwards. You just don't have another guy like him. We're like, if DJ went down, okay, well, Reed or Dillingham could play the point. I mean, it's neither of them have the same toolbox that DJ Wagner has, but you at least have a point guard there. Um, I think the other one might, like you could probably just also say Aaron Bradshaw, right? He has, well, yeah, it's it's kind of tough to say him just because you don't have him at this juncture, but like right. that very well could be the obvious answer just with from a front court perspective. Justin Edwards, without him, I do think it lowers your ceiling just because his potential, who, who knows? I mean, he really could be the number one pick in the NBA draft, and if that's the case, then, yeah, you, you wouldn't want to, to lose that guy. I, I think you could make a case, too, for Trey Mitchell. Yeah, that's, because, that's what I was going to say. Well, why don't you give your reason and rationale first? I just think you have a do who could play that same position as Trey Mitchell, but a do doesn't have the same skill set as Trey Mitchell. He doesn't have the experience playing college basketball. He doesn't have that outside shot. So while Adu may do more in terms of everything than Trey Mitchell, I just think Trey Mitchell provides something that Adu can't. And you just got to have that guy in your lineup. Yeah, well said. I, I agree. But Trey Mitchell is certainly not UK's best player. He certainly doesn't have UK's high ceiling. You you. I don't know how many times he's even going to be UK's leading scorer in in a game, but from a spacing standpoint, it it opens up everything for everybody to have a Trey Mitchell out there like that, and he's a good passer too, which is important as well. So he may be one of the most important role pieces, and the other guys, uh, you know, Bradshaw and Edwards, maybe fit that answer more. Good question though, John, uh, and it does bring us into. I hopped on John Fanta's Twitter space yesterday, just because. I wanted to hear some college basketball talk, and I wanted to hear what they were saying. And they were talking Big East, and it was mostly like St. John's fans arguing with Providence fans and Seton Hall and Butler taking a few shrays here and there. Uh, but it, it was just college basketball talk. And then they were, it, it was fun the way that John Fanta kind of put on that show. He almost does it similar to like callers. But once you're a caller, he leaves you on. So if you've got something to add additionally – he'll give you the opportunity to do so. And everybody was kind of like respecting other folks' opinions. There was a lot of fun rivalry talk, but like you were, people were letting other people talk, which was nice to hear. And then John Fanta was kind of running the show. 
he has a good job. He does a great job of his voice just sounding interested in what he's talking about. Like every little thing that he says, he sounds engaged and like enthusiastic about it. And that's a big thing in radio and in podcasting and stuff like that. So it's always fun to kind of hear him talk about college basketball because he always sounds passionate and eager to talk college basketball. Well, then Jeff Goodman hops on. And naturally, it it comes it, the conversation comes back to Kentucky and Jeff Goodman. Like you could, he, he almost I think he, he literally like sighs as he talks about him just because he's ready to to rip the cats. But I'm not sure we should be listening to the opinion of somebody who doesn't know who UK's starting point guard is going to be. And I, you should listen to John Fanta's opinion. I like his opinion. But he didn't have some great moments either when talking about UK. Here is that clip from yesterday. Perimeter shooting. Yeah. That what? How many perimeter shooting threats do they have? Like people were talking about the way they played at Global Jam. They could play a certain way against that level of competition. Who's to say those are high percent shots when they get into the Southeastern Conference? With a with a freshman point guard, and we don't even know who that point guard is. Whoever it's going to be, it's going to be a who freshman. Is the point Reeves, it's it's going to be DJ. It's going to be DJ. Oof. Oh, oh, boy. I don't know. That's the point guard? Whoa. Wagner? As yeah, why? Guard? Let's get TJ Walker's opinion. T- My gosh. I mean, how stupid can you be? Did Like, DJ Wagner was a starting point guard every freaking Global Jam game. Why, why is there so much shock with him being the starting point guard? Doesn't make any sense to me. It, it, it was wild. I mean, first and foremost, to go back on, on, on Fanta's point, why wouldn't they be able to play that way? Like, a style of play is a style of play. Sometimes you got to take what's given to you, but, like, you know, having that, that style of play is going to carry over as long as Kentucky's players are the same players, which they will be. They're going to be able to penetrate, score inside, finish at the rim, and they're going to be able to dish out, and they've got people that can knock down shots. I think he is right to question, like, do you have enough consistent perimeter shooters? And that's going to be a question that probably we're going to be asking ourselves all this college basketball season. Uh, Antonio Reeves, we will always feel good about him taking a three, whether contested or whether wide open. And then you've got the other ones. Reed Shepard, I think we all feel pretty solid about him shooting threes. DJ Wagner, if he's wide open, I don't see any reason why not. Robert Dillingham, I don't have any issue with him shooting a three either. And then Justin Edwards, I think he's going to be shrieky. You saw a bit of that last week in Canada, but he elevates so high on his shot that he's going to be able to get his shot over a lot of people. He'll get better with shooting, and he'll get more comfortable shooting. But it's fair to wonder like if you're going to have enough consistent shooters. But in terms of style of play, those are all guys that want to hang out on the perimeter, and they're also guys that can attack and get inside the rim. I don't think style of play, just because competition is going to get better in SEC play, is going to necessarily change that. Those just sounded like two guys that watched very little, if any, Global Jam. And then to bring it back to the most egregious of all, DJ Wagner. DJ Wagner! Hell yeah, DJ Wagner. DJ Wagner's probably going to be a lottery pick. DJ Wagner may be a top 10 pick. DJ Wagner looked amazing for being in high school three months ago. And now he's running an offense full of other NBA players going against U23 national teams that have some decent players. And Jeff Goodman was quick to poop all over the level of competition. They had people from Maine. They had blah, 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 blah. They had people that 
if they transferred, you'd have them in the top 15, the 20, top 30 of your transfer list. Nobody's acting like these are NBA stars. Everybody's kind of keeping it in context. But what else was UK supposed to do? Not beat these teams by double digits every time out with the exception of the first game against Germany. They took care of business. They beat the teams they should have. And it's a group without a starting five. And again, a collection of people that were just playing high school basketball not too long ago. Just a wild take from a college basketball national expert acting shocked to learn that DJ Wagner would be UK's starting point guard going into this season. Uh, 99% of college basketball teams would love to have DJ Wagner as their starting point guard. And then I get into it, Jeff Goodman in that clip. You can go to John Fanta's Twitter space, but I don't want to. I don't want to play like my own clips and be like, I owned him, didn't I, boys? And you all be like, Yeah, you really got him good. Uh, but we go back and forth a little bit. I bring up the fact that he said that Dillingham and Wagner couldn't play together, which granted, like a four-game sample size in in Toronto isn't like the end-all, be-all on that. But just both the way the both of them play and both of the how they pass the ball, I think it's pretty clear that it's going to work just fine between those two. And it's fair to question how much, how many minutes Dillingham's going to even get once the season rolls around. But I do know that DJ Wagner, yes, starting point guard DJ Wagner is going to be the starting guard. Oh man, Jeff Goodman, it's like it's a new low after new low with this guy. Yeah, and I just watching. Like, who else, why else? Of course the ball is going to be in DJ Wagner's hands. I, I don't... I mean, my my brain is just... What's the alternative? Right? Like, I guess Dillingham being a start... Like, the starting point guard, but like... I guess they just act like they don't think DJ Wagner is good enough to be a starting point guard in high-level college basketball, which... It, like, that is just a... What are you all... Like, what are you talking about? Wasn't yeah, he the number like, one player? In this class? For a while, yeah. Some people had him. You know, there's so many different rankings. But, yeah, like a consensus top five, top ten guy, no doubt about it, and always rated near the top as one of, if not the second best guard in the class. Like, they acted like DJ Wagner was, like, (laughs) just some no-name that had, like, risen from the dead to to come back and play guard. They were like, well, he's back? Who? No. No way. Yeah, DJ Wagner. Maybe you've heard of him. And they're acting like, uh, wait, he can't be the Kentucky point guard on the heels of two years of severe wheeler. Like, <laughs> what? I don't understand. Oh, uh, it was wild. It was wild. And then, like, so we we went back and forth. And then, uh, on, uh, like, that was probably my only downside. John Fanta, he, he put on a good show. And I, he, he from field of 68, he is easily the best. I do appreciate the stuff that he does, and he's a good voice for college basketball. Not that I'm always going to agree with everything that he says, but he's a good voice for college basketball. But, of course, once Jeff Goodman got on there, like he just starts interrupting everybody that he disagrees with, so then everybody else starts interrupting everybody else. Um, besides that, though, he put on a pretty good show. And then Jeff Goodman, after like a back and forth, he was like, all right, I got to run. I'm out of here. And, and he just bounced on out of there, and the conversation went. John Fanta eventually made me the co-host of the show. Uh, because he was going through the New Jersey Turnpike. So he was like, if anything happens, TJ Walker is running the show now. Um, <laughs> and then eventually I had to go pick up my daughter, so I had to get out of there too. But I think everything went smoothly, and, and, and they finished. But it was mostly Big East guys just arguing with each other. Some fun New York, Boston accents, Roush. It was uh, New England accents, I should say. It was a good time. 
Sounds like it. Sounds like we might have a future KRC guest. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to have John on. I think that'd be good. Let's take our last break. We'll come back. When we come back, we're going to tell you about Shady Rays. We're going to read more text on the Thornton's text line. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin K. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. Learn to play golf. You mean golf? Golf! Frisbee golf, Jerry! Golf with a frisbee! Welcome back. One final segment, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Go to ShadyRays.com for the best polarized sunglasses in all of Kentucky. Each and every time you buy Shady Rays, they're helping feed hungry folks throughout America. You can save some money on your order with the, using the promo code BIGX for 25% off at checkout. Really impressive website, easy to navigate. It's just an impressive company overall. You will not be disappointed with their customer service, with their delivery. And again, they've got different sunglasses, polarized shades for each and every occasion. And they're cheap. Uh, they are they're, they're not that big designer price tag. Anytime you go to the mall, sometimes I'll just look at like price of sunglasses there. And it's like, oh my goodness gracious. You could buy five Shady Rays for the price of this one pair of sunglasses. Go to ShadyRays.com, see what I'm talking about, and do not forget that promo code, Big X for 25% at checkout. Roush, you doing all right? You hanging with us? I'm hanging. All I'm right. And the, the cat on the, the wire. Just hang in there, baby. You're going home today, though, right? Yes, this afternoon. Are you staying for Ole Miss and South Carolina and those folks? Yeah, we'll stick around for some of it. It's it, Part of it's just... Show up, maybe do a, make a few more videos, uh, and then do a little work today. The the thing about when Kentucky has their turn at SEC Media Days, you have the kind of obvious stories that you think of as they're happening. Like, okay, this is a I'm going to write about the offensive line. Um, oh, we got some good Devin Leary quotes. We'll do that. But there's a lot of other good stuff that's kind of buried in there that you got to go back and uh, parse through. And so that's that's kind of what today and tomorrow are for. Gotcha. Uh, some breaking news in college athletics. The Colonial Athletic Association is now the Coastal Athletic Association. What? Boo. Still, still going to be the CAA. You just can't say Colonial anymore, Roush. Oh, too Imperial? They're saying it's also they're expanding their footprint along the East Coast, which I've got some bad news about the, the colonies. Oh. That is actually a thing. They're going to stay keep the same logo, CAA. So, but people are going to get confused for that for the next five to ten to twenty years, even. Especially when like there's an Atlantic Coastal Conference already. Like, Colonial was a good differentiator. Yeah, now we're going to. So you have the Atlantic Coastal Conference and the Coastal Athletic Association. CAA, ACC, and AAC. 
Like, yeah. come on. Come on, Colonial. We'll head on back to the Thornton Stecks line, 502-414-1450. That big Lebowski clip just made me think that has to be the most overrated movie ever, right? This is from yesterday. Uh, I think Big Lebowski's good. It's probably a little, uh, slightly overrated, but it's a good movie. Yeah, overrated I mean, for sure. I mean, it's a cult classic. Like, and when they say cult classic, that's like a very, I don't want to say very, like I don't want to say very small group of fans, but like, it's a movie that is not wildly accepted as good by everybody. But there is a subset of fans that think it's great so you can say that a lot about movies like that like fast times at ridgemont high like that's not my favorite but dugan loves that movie and so i'm not going to call it overrated just because it's not my favorite that's a good movie i hear what you're saying though a texture says does nick cringe anytime someone asks him about d beckwith yeah what's the latest with d beckwith where's he going to go next going back to tennessee <laughs> just back and Get forth Get 20 bucks in a McDonald's bag. Text Tyler Thompson, Nick. She might make you a sandwich, says one texter. That's not very nice. She says in her Twitter bio she will not make you a sandwich. That's true. Um, did see Tyler yesterday. That was nice. Um, we're staying not too far like, in her neighborhood. So good to catch up with Tyler. She did do vacation for most of this trip, though. Like, she. She had uh, something already planned. So it's like, oh, well, we'll happily just come to your town and do it big. Um, but as you said, asked earlier this week, not at her house, though. She didn't just leave the, the door open for us. Maybe next time. Yeah. SEC tournament. Yeah. yeah. TJ, do you miss not being a part of the media clan anymore? Do you miss not being in the loop as a media member? There's part. There's definitely parts of it that I miss. The thing, I, I mean, I could always kind of jump back in if I wanted to. Like, I as a radio, doing a radio show, I can, I can hop in when I want. But there's parts of it that I miss, but the vast majority of it, I don't, I don't miss. Uh, but some of the times, the the old gossip, just hearing different stories, is a good time. It's a little toxic, but it can be fun from time to time. The some of the most delightful time is when you're just sitting around waiting for interviews and you're just kind of shooting the you know what and yeah that's good cutting up a little bit but it's also like you're it's why you're kind of wasting time you know mm -hmm. <laughs> so double edged sword <laughs> Nick's voice is somewhere between Batman and Stephen Hawking easy on the booze blogger boy. <laughs> The worst part about it all, too, is like, man, Roush, so hungover. Drink. Like, it's more just having to scream to, like, be heard at some of these places while talking to somebody right next to me. Yeah, you've, um, said, you've said that few, no fewer than five times. And I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I've been to those bars in Nashville. It, it, it is. You have to scream to talk. But did you try just maybe not talking? No, and I mean, <laughs> we also went to a karaoke bar, and it's like, well, we got a karaoke a song. So, what'd you sing? Um, we did uh, "Lean on Me." I feel like that was a good. You don't have sweet. to. Drew and look at that. Oh, you did sing. a trio. Yeah, just did. Well, everybody went up on stage. It was fun. Do you think the rest of the SEC is like, hey, the Kentucky contingent? They were a good time. I think so. I think so. Now, 
The one guy was obsessed with long hair for whatever reason. But yeah, they were fun. It's funny too when somebody was like, "Yeah, Roush going up talking to random women." Um, the random men that I talked to last night, a guy who's a Michigan fan and a Texas fan, that I thought they were in media. No, they they, they were in insurance. Um, but <laughs> the guy like sparked random conversation. You know, he like said something to me, so I just assumed he was doing media and had seen me at the hotel. And so I was like, oh, well, where are you guys from? And did the whole, nope, turns out not in media. Just they, they like Michigan, they like Texas, and they uh, sling insurance. Get you a great rate on your car. A texter on the Thornton's text line says, scaring a child by telling him he'll go to public school, that's something. Where your parents telling you public school is some third world stuff. No, it was more in the sense, and I get why you're saying that, texter, but it was more in the sense of like, hey, we're spending this amount of money on school. If you're not going to take it seriously, then why would we bother? It wasn't so much as like, you look over there, that anywhere the light touches is good, and anywhere that doesn't is a public school. It wasn't like that. It was more of just, why are we going to spend money on you if you don't care about school? But I got good grades. I, I was fine. It was just, that was just any time that like I'd have a bad test score. She just pulled that out of her pocket. And I knew she was bluffing. She wasn't going to, oh, yeah. she wasn't going to send me over to the public cool. schools. Are you kidding me? Have you seen those places in Louisville? I'm your kidding. Public, I'm kidding. You, you say that, but like your public's homeschool was Atherton. Mine was freaking Western. Like, <laughs> yeah, but Atherton was like not good at that time. Atherton's had some like a their trajectory like, like roller coaster ish. Like they back in the day, they were like one of the best public schools, and then it wasn't so great. And that was kind of when I was running around the Highlands. And then now I think it's kind of back. Ever since Jack Harlow, I think it's back to like being you know well thought of public school. They put it back on the map. I would have been fine going to Atherton. Like I'm glad, obviously very glad I went to St. X. But being able to walk you know, three minutes to my school, I would have probably enjoyed that. Having girls in class, I think I would have enjoyed that. Like, I, I would have been okay. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's how it is with all of them. I, think I, still I still think I could have gotten into UK, Roush, believe it or not. Yeah, you, we just would have seen some stuff. Like, a, lot, a, a few more things that we had to wait a couple of years to see, you know? Probably so. Yeah. Scooch, the showboat saloon in Wisconsin Dells is a cool spot. It does look like a cool spot. I looked it up yesterday when that text came in. Thanks for the heads up. If anybody else has any suggestions, let me know. What is it? Like a bar? It is, is a it? bar, yeah. But it's like, um, it looks like it's on the street corner, so it's kind of like a triangle building that extends both sidewalks. Pretty neat looking. All right. The Wisconsin I, I... Dells are a place that I don't, I, I can't conceptualize. Because for a certain group of people in the Midwest, that's that's a big event that they'll do every year. One of my wife's friends, that was her family. They would do a winter trip where they'd go to the Dells because they got the big water parks. They know water park. It just I, I just can't grasp, though, how big of a deal the Dells is. I'll let you know when I get back, Roush. Pretty excited. This I'd, is, love, I'd, lo- I'd love to go to the Dells. This is the only month of the year that I would ever ever dream about going to Wisconsin. So, pretty excited. Uh, Texture says, Mrs. Alberta Gator, no, I will not make you a sandwich. <laughs> Hearing Scoots talk about not golfing on his vacation really made me sad. 
Playing golf on vacation is maybe one of the best parts of it all. It's going to be I'll fine, y'all. I, I, I say this. Can we just make Roush read the rest of the text line? His voice is cracking me up. <laughs> Sounds God. like you're being held hostage having to read these text messages. Sounds like Eeyore. Good God, Nick sounds like a really sad Darth Vader. (laughs) (laughs) No. It's true. It's true. A texture says, just listen to your little convo with Goodman and Fanta. I'm just fascinated by the national media perception of this team. Kind of like Cal says, is that what you think or what you hope? That's true, Texter. It is a, a what you hope thing. I just I could not believe their surprise about the DJ Wagner situation. And secondly, like I, I get it if you're if you want to say the level of competition in Canada wasn't great, and people need to understand that. Um, I think it was certainly better than the Bahamas. I think it's a little bit better than people are letting on, but also don't think you know this isn't Kentucky should have won these games. Guess what they did. Like you, at, at no point or do they say like Kentucky did what they were supposed to do and they looked fun while doing it. That is not opinion-based. UK played well and looked good for vast majorities of this entire event, I, but it really like pained some of those guys to just come to that realization that like, and then they were talking about how terrible of an offseason it was for UK. Oh, it was definitely disorganized. There was times where things didn't seem like they knew what was going on, but how can you talk about it being a horrible offseason when it ended just the way that you would have preferred? The only thing that maybe didn't happen was Oscar Shebway didn't come in and you didn't get Hunter Dickinson. But if you got one of those two guys, you may not get Trey Mitchell. You don't know how that situation unfolds. But at the end of the day, it all worked out. So how bad of an offseason was it and really when it worked out the way that you wanted it to work out? So it wasn't that bad of an offseason. It just – it they that's the, my thing with college basketball national media. It's just there's very few – that see Kentucky objectively. They're, they're all just, there's this bias with almost every single one of them. It's wild. A texture says, they were so ready to shoot down any positive notion about UK that they wouldn't even let you speak. I know, and then they just, like, they it wasn't interrupting the entire time until, like, once, you know, we were kind of going back and forth with Jeff Goodman, and then it just turned into, like, a free-for-all, and then Jeff Goodman hopped on out of there. It's funny how Fanta talks about Kentucky compared to how he talks about the seventh best team in the Big East. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's just this well, like there's this whole thing with the national people. I do like Fanta though, but yeah, he's guilty of it too. There's also a thing too with national media where they want to tell you how smart they are about basketball because they know about the seventh team in the Big East. It's like yeah. look, look, look at me, look what I know. It's like, well, St. John's isn't they're a good example this year but because of Rick Pitino being there but like oh yeah Georgia has that one good guy like who cares it's Georgia basketball it, it, it was fun conversation the Big East is going to be loaded but uh, you're not wrong it is just like just something about Kentucky and it's it almost it only is Kentucky like there's not another team that they look at in a light like that and then there's some national that fall outside the scope, but I mean, pretty much all of them are in that. Like Goodman, Doster, even if you want to go with a Gary Parish, uh, Jay Billis it usually kind of stays above the fray for the most part. But um, a texter says, "Hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here with the new punting rule. If I'm a special teams coordinator, I'm telling my guys that anytime there's a bad snap or a rugby style punt to go annihilate the punter 
Field position is everything in football, and if I can knock out the team's punter legally, I'm doing it every chance I, I can get. Can't be Bounty Gate if it's legal. I'm sure you're probably going to see that, Brad, from Bellbrook. Yeah, I think you will. I think you will. Also, watching punters you know, get rocked. No offense, Colin Goodfellow, because I know you got seriously injured on that play, but like Sean Taylor, that hit of him mm-hmm. nailing the punter in that Pro Bowl game, wow. Yeah, it's just a, it's a good reminder of just like what the average person would look like on a football field, and yeah. it's not yeah. not good. Uh, which, by the way, the quarterback documentary on Netflix still is great, and even quarterbacks to a certain extent are just like what a, a somewhat normal person. They're much more fit, obviously, but like they're not super bulky or strong. Uh, they're mostly skinny. Well, that's just all, like just seeing the hits they take. Oh, man, it's good stuff. Football, fun sport. I hope this is read in good nature and a positive spirit that is intended to have. Nick Roush will sneak a commercial in like nobody's business. I bet when Duke was born, Roush said something like, thank you, Doc, for providing me with this miracle, almost as miraculous as the value you get from Shady Ray sunglasses. I love you all. I kid because I care. Man, and I was on one last night because we did our podcast much later than I pod. Like, normally, you won't get me talking – with like Nick Roush media voice after 8 p.m. Eastern time. And it was 9, 30, 10. I mean, we wrapped at like 11. And so I was I was getting silly with the ad reads. It was, it was, it was a real hoot. Nothing wrong with that. I saw you went live on the Kentucky Roll Call Facebook page, which doesn't uh, go live all that often. Your view top from the rooftop was great. Your view top from the rooftop. Your view from the rooftop was great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, internet uh, ultimately wasn't the best of the best, but – that is a cool cool setup we got. Kim Burns made a doc on baseball and steroids, so of course I'm going to watch it. Uh, did he on steroids? I think it was just baseball, not not steroids. I know I mean, he did one on baseball. Um, maybe maybe there's an episode that features steroids, but I don't I'm know closing that. in on the end of the Roosevelt documentary, so I'm going to have to find something new to watch on PBS. Um, I could go outside PBS, but I'm trying to keep it within the the history stuff. So got to figure out maybe which Ken Burns is going to be next. I've done Civil War, Muhammad Ali, now Roosevelt. Um, all gra- I did Ben Franklin. That was really good. That was really good. Uh, texter on the Thornton's text line says, do you all think Mark Stoops would look good bald? Love the question at Media Day, Roush. It was an important question. I think he'd look good. It's just there, there's going to be like a – it's like a – you know, when a baby goose loses its feather, like it looks really ugly for a little bit, but then it's okay. You get used to it. And then in reality, the goose loses its feathers and it looks like a normal goose. But point is you get used to it. There's like this awkward period where it's going to be weird for everybody. But then after like six months, it'll just be common. He'll look good. Um, it was a good question, Roush. Yeah. And move two is you start by just doing like a two and then you go, then you, backtrack it even more until you're finally at the zero or even doing the uh, razor, you know? I don't know if that would be the play, but Stoops could do it. He could do it. Texter says the Scottish Open was streaming on the CBS Sports app. Uh, when I was having it, it was commercials every two seconds, and then even then it still cut off for me at least, but maybe it was. A texture says, ha, ah, scoots, and that cashier had quite the chuckle there. Man, I would have been laughing to myself all day after that hilarious interaction. Hey, texter. Come on. Let's be nice. I thought it was funny. There's no place for this. <laughs> uh, was Gil, you sure, Are we sure Gil wasn't sleepwalking? No, I'm not sure. Was, he very well could have been sleepwalking. 
Gil was standing over you right before you woke up. He slyly ran off like he always does when you showed signs of waking up. Better not. Is, is, Gil, is Gil a sleepwalker? Not that I know of, but I didn't think I was a sleepwalker either until a couple months ago. So, A texter says, try to get all the way to this text right here today. We did it. Hey, oh. Wow. Another texter says, Shelvin Mack, maybe, but I think we could do a little bit better on Kentucky ties. A texture says, is Nick's wife listening today? Who knows? Does Roush think Stoops respects some guy that's not part of the team and has never played football? Roush is lucky he ain't knocked out. <laughs> know your place as the DB reporter you are. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. That's a Uval fan, by the way. I also would... Um, like, I wouldn't have asked that question six years ago, maybe. But, like, Soups and I, we got a good relationship. It's all good fun. All right, that's our show. We didn't finish the text line, but we got pretty close, and we'll definitely clean it up all tomorrow. Start with your text there, John. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll go. It looks like he's talking about Northwestern and Ben Crump, so that's going to be a fun one to start there on a Friday. We'll get to it. Roush finishing up his his stay in Nashville. I think he's ready to get back to his own bed, if you ask me. But Roush, thanks for waking up early and 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 being here and providing some good content from SEC Media Days. Always happy to do it, folks. This is see Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. We will see you tomorrow, Friday edition of the show. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and the best producer in radio, Justin Kalen. We'll see you then, seven a.m. Spend my dollars Park in a holler Neat mountain moonlight Hold her up tight Make a little loving A little turtle dove On a Mason Dixon night It's my life